At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. On a Tuesday night from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, that gentleman right there, Scott Seidenberg, sitting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray. We've got plenty of baseball on right now, including, do we even do this anymore, Scott? <laughs> including a no-hitter watch. Do we Do we care about no-hitters? We care about perfect games. We haven't had yeah. one in, in quite some time. What, Felix Hernandez was the last uh, perfect game, but... Justin Verlander currently has a no-hitter going in the sixth inning in Houston against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, five and a third. I believe he just struck out his 10th batter. Yeah, that guy's good. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. Not too shabby. And uh, going to win the AL Cy Young? Yeah, especially after Dylan Cease gives up some runs here. As expected uh, in a game that we talked about last night, the Orioles having a current 5-3 lead over the White Sox. Dylan Cease uh, coming into this game was the second favorite to win the American League Cy Young Award. He gets tagged for four runs in five and a third innings. So I think Verlander has this thing wrapped up. Yeah, and uh, today is uh, certainly helping that cause. We've got the Subway Series going on tonight. Yankees won last night, and right now it is uh, 4-2 to Yankees, much to the chagrin of my partner over here, uh, and he's hoping for a little, a little Mets magic here in the uh, in the top of the eighth inning with a man on third and uh, and two away. Uh, Taiwan Walker got the start, went five innings, allowed two runs on four hits. Uh, Frankie Montez two runs on six hits over five and two thirds. By far his best start as a member of the Yankees. And uh, I know I saw I saw on Twitter as uh, that will end the inning. A good rip there by. Sh- uh, who was that? McNeil. McNeil. Mm-hmm. Um, but one for 10, I guess now one for 11 after that at bat uh, for the Mets with runners in scoring position tonight. Well, one for 12, you count the the um, ground to a double play by Vogelbach, the batter before. Yeah. So, so not yeah. Uh, not an ideal uh, evening here for the Mets, but you never know. We'll see if they can, uh, can rally in the ninth and hopefully keep the trend going alive uh, for Mr. Seidenberg here that he has been pointing out on social media for quite some time. <laughs> and it's been a... Uh, Quite lucrative one for you, yeah. Uh, with the uh, the Mets in the bounce back spots, uh, getting that victory, but uh, the Yankees leading four to two in this 
Uh, this is just a, a shortened series, right? Just yeah, just two, two games. games. Uh, the Mets took the two games in City Field, and the Yankees looking to take the two games in there. Home ballpark, so Mets it will, will be a split. Mets will get the uh, Rockies at home. Jacob Degrom uh, will start tomorrow night for the Mets. He was pushed back, right? Pushed yeah, back. Yeah, pushed back. Yeah. Uh, so got a couple games tonight uh, that I want to hit on, um, and the and the biggest one, of course, would be what we're going to see in Los Angeles last night. Uh, an impressive effort by the uh, by the Milwaukee Brewers. Got out of a couple jams, uh, able to get add on three runs mm-hmm. in the top of the ninth inning. And right now, the Dodgers, or excuse me, the Brewers, uh, they need all the help they can get. And uh, they get a nice win last night. So they're back at it tonight. What a pitching matchup we have uh, with Corbin Burns going up uh, against um, Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin is 15 and 1 on the year. Absolutely wild. A total of seven. And uh, right now, here at Circa, Dodgers minus 150, plus 137 for the Brewers. Uh, anything. Uh, Jump out to you when it comes to the uh, the late night affair, which we'll get going here in about five minutes. So I mentioned this last night, but uh, how about fading the public here and and taking a yes look at the first at the, the, the the run in the first inning? You know, a lot of people are going to be on the no with this being a marquee pitching matchup, and uh, you could probably get some good plus money on the yes in the first inning. Yeah, so. A little yurfy uh, for uh, for Mr. Seidenberg here. Let's so. see what that is. Let's see what the first inning. Yeah, it's only plus one fifteen. I wish it was higher. We got uh, if you're if you're joining us, a couple a uh, couple of the props over under for Corbin Burns strikeouts is sitting at uh, seven and a half uh, heading into tonight, and uh, the over under on strikeouts for um for Tony Gonsolin is at five and a half. Corbin Burns this year, uh, second in the league in strikeouts. Uh, he's been really strong away from home in ERA under two uh, this year. His last outing, though, was against these Dodgers, a game that the Brewers did win, but it wasn't his best outing. Still struck out six. Uh, the the strikeouts, at least this month here, in the month of August, haven't been uh, you know blowing you away. Six, six, nine, six. So 27 strikeouts in his four starts here uh, in the month of August, as opposed to what we saw in July, which had an 11, a pair of 10 uh, strikeout performances there. So uh, seven and a half strikeouts for Corbin Burns. Tony Gonsolin sitting at uh, five and a half heading into uh, heading into this evening. So anything of those uh, intrigue you uh, when it comes to the strikeout props or either one of those uh, pitchers? I don't like going against Dodgers batters. So I don't especially really, off a loss. Yeah, I don't care who the pitchers are. It's just the more chances. I don't know. The, the, this lineup is is too elite to go against when it comes to a pitching prop. So that game getting going here in just a moment. Also, uh, not the uh, sexiest matchup, but a team that you know some people are are high on uh, that as maybe still has a an outside shot to uh, to bring home a long shot bet. The Mariners at home tonight against the uh, the Woley. Washington Nationals mm. minus two sixty five for the Mariners here at uh, at Circa, and if you're thinking about uh, laying the run and a half minus one twenty five on the run line, uh, Eric Fetty off the IL for the Nationals, Vegas native, and uh, Robbie Ray reigning AL Cy Young winner on the hill tonight for the Mariners. Yeah, maybe take a look at the first five run line. Mariners walk out of the first five innings with the lead, back Robbie Ray to limit the Nationals to maybe one or fewer runs and seeing if the Mariners can score, you know, at least two off of Fetty. All right, we are uh, we are off and running. Uh, Robert Mays from The Ringer will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll get his thoughts. I saw that uh, he and 
uh, our friend Nate Tice were uh, tweeting out or talking about on their podcast, uh, podcast that is, uh, about the most explosive offenses uh, this year in the NFL. So we'll get to that. We'll talk the Kansas City Chiefs today uh, as the Chiefs are will be who we look at for summer conditioning. Maybe the longest odds they've had to win this division in quite some time. So we'll do that at the top of the hour. And, of course, we have some hoops news uh, with Kevin Durant apparently uh, working things out with the Brooklyn Nets. Moving forward by moving backwards. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But uh, just to uh, kind of hit on the the, the Nuggets uh, from the from the day in mm. the NFL, uh, J.C. Jackson, who was a, a big-time acquisition, yeah. Scott, for the Chargers this offseason, uh, he is going to be sidelined for two to four weeks uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. That was announced today as he underwent ankle surgery. Uh, a source told ESPN that Jackson went underwent a non-invasive procedure to correct something that he was born with so he could feel his best. Now, the Chargers open up the season against the Raiders, and then a short week after that, Scott, they play the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, this is quite the turnaround for J.C. Jackson, who has really been tremendous his entire career. Uh, big time, as we mentioned, acquisition coming over from the Patriots. Last season had eight interceptions, led the league in pass deflections, was a pro bowler. So uh, a Chargers team, and you know, we'll talk about the Chargers tomorrow uh, in our summer conditioning. A lot of high hopes uh, for this Chargers team. You know, they went out, they were aggressive this offseason. They have Justin Herbert entering year three. A lot of people believe he could be uh, the MVP of the league this year. Challenging division. And, you know, not to say that one player makes the difference, mm -hmm. but to not have J.C. Jackson in all likelihood, potentially, Scott, in those first two weeks, or maybe he comes back for the Chiefs game, maybe he's there against the Raiders, but coming off this, this, this uh, procedure, you know, is he going to be fully healthy? You have to wonder. So uh, a significant blow there for the Chargers, especially the way their season starts. Yeah, well, I was already looking at the over in that Raiders game anyway between the Raiders and the Chargers. In fact, I'll probably be on the over in every Raiders game that they play this season. So not having your top cornerback, an elite cornerback, to go up against Devontae Adams possibly in that Week 1 matchup certainly lends to the over a little bit. And then in Week 2, going up against the Chiefs, I think that's the goal. I think if you look at this timeline, you think that that's a realistic possibility for him to sit out week one, but then be available for week two against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and no help that it is uh, you know, coming off of a, a short week there, um, but you know, we will see uh, a big offseason. They went out, they got Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, obviously, in free agency, uh, Justin Herbert to work with. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, a team that uh, there's a lot of excitement there. Uh, beefed up their offensive line even a little bit more, getting Zion Johnson in the first round to uh, likely be a plug-and-play starter at guard to pair him, you know, on that left side with Rashawn Slater. So the Chargers, uh, a blow today. Another uh, nugget that came out today, and not all that surprising if you had been kind of uh, reading the rehab situation. This was not your typical ACL repair, mm -hmm. and Chase Young has been placed on the pup list. That means he will be out at least the first four weeks. You know, when will he come back? From the people that, you know, I follow there in Washington, it sounds like, you know, mid to late October is likely when he will return. So, you know, this is a defense that is is loaded up front with high draft picks. Now, loaded is a interesting term because they've struggled yep. quite a bit. Uh, and you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars in week one, 
Uh, that's a home game for Washington. Man, you know, to me, Washington is a team that got better, but how much better did they get with Carson Wentz coming in for Taylor Heineke? It's an upgrade, but I don't know how much of an upgrade. They're going to go with Brian Robinson, it seems, as the starting running back. Antonio Gibson might be playing a little more slot moving forward, but defense has been an issue. Third down defense has been a massive issue. Their linebackers have tons of questions. That front is supposed to be the strength, and we all knew it, but now we get it officially announced that Chase Young uh, will be out, uh, out at least the first four weeks for the Commanders. Yeah, I like the under on this team's win total, and I do like the Jaguars in week one. Yeah, catching uh, three and a half, maybe find a four out there. Could be a tricky spot for the old Commanders. I can tell you one thing, do not play Washington. Don't get cute in your survivor pools. That's Scott <laughs> Seidenberg. I'm Tim Murray. It looks like Kevin Durant may be happy. Maybe tonight, Kevin. Here are three reasons. The Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back in. This segment of the Nightcap is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zyn Nicotine Pouches at Zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Scott Seidenberg, sitting in for Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Robert Mays from The Ringer talking NFL with us. Bottom of the hour here. We got some uh, Major League Baseball games going on. Uh, we're, pulling for, uh, we're pulling for Scott's pockets here, hoping that... Uh, a miracle can happen with the Mets with two outs in the top of the ninth. By the way, the Yankees' uh, closer situation, uh, what is it moving forward? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess when Clay Holmes comes back, he'll regain his job as the closer. Uh, but I don't know if they have any faith. Uh, well, you got to see if, if, if Trevino's healthy and available, then he's going to be a guy that's going to get some innings. It might be a committee. I don't think it'll be... You know, it could be Clay Holmes' job, or it could be Clay Holmes some nights. It could be Trevino some nights. It could be uh, Araldis Chapman getting back in the fold some nights. So 
I, I don't think there's a clear-cut answer right now, but what Aaron Boone has decided to do tonight is uh, Clark Schmidt came in early in relief of Frankie Montas, and he's about to go three innings for the save. Uh, quick update in uh, in L.A. You need the uh, the Dodgers to get you a run here uh, against Corbin Burns. Tony Gonsolin, a scoreless first, uh, so they head to the bottom of the first out at Chavez Ravine. Uh, well, I don't need anything. Well, but. I'm just saying <laughs> you were you were leaning towards the Yurfi. Yeah, I said at, I would take the. plus You were price. looking at the Yurfi at the uh, at the plus price. Uh, Justin Verlander, do we still have the no no going on out in Houston? I think so, right? Yeah, through six, yeah, uh, no hitter. Uh, Ninety one pitches for Justin Verlander, ten strikeouts, ERA down at one point eight seven. So uh, not a bad performance so far for Justin Verlander. Uh, who has a no-hitter through six. And uh, I did see some action in the Houston bullpen. I can't imagine mm. they're pulling them here. but Well, maybe they would. Uh, see what the pitch count gets. By the way, I'm much more impressed by combined no-hitters than regular no-hitters. Interesting take. Yeah. Well, there's been over 330 no-hitters in baseball history. No-hitters don't move the needle anymore. We used to cut into... But what ESPN I'm, programming yeah. to show you the last, you know, three outs of a no-hitter. Well, my thought is, is that there's over, like I said, 330, 340 no-hitters in Major League Baseball history. Only like 12 of them have been combined no-hitters. It's extremely rare to rely on multiple guys to go out there and throw a no, combined no-hitter. It's, it's, if you look statistically, it's much more likely for one guy to shut down a team through nine innings. By the way, there was a no-hitter in the uh, Little League World Series yesterday, and I forget, I think it was Mexico who threw the no-hitter, mm-hmm. but they uh, they walked them off with a, oh, with a, run with a mercy yeah. rule. So that the pitcher in the dugout was like, hey, I threw a no-hitter. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got plenty of baseball tonight. Some interesting games. Guardians and Padres. Guardians uh, have already tagged uh, Mike Clevenger for a run. Uh, in that one, so uh, something to uh, to keep our eyes on. And as we mentioned, Dodgers and Brewers tonight. Uh, that one in the bottom of the first, and uh, a little double in the uh, in the first inning from uh, looks like uh, Mookie Betts. And, and speaking of the Dodgers, Walker Bueller is going to have his second Tommy John surgery. Oof. So he was already out for the remainder of this year, but now announcing uh, that he had the Tommy John surgery, so it's not just going to be the rest of this year. It could spill over into the start of next season, so not good news for the Dodgers and for Walker Bueller, but good news for the Philadelphia Phillies. Bryce Harper in his rehab assignment in Lehigh Valley tonight. Uh, Five plate appearances. He walked twice. He homered twice. He homered in his first late appearance and then a three-run shot later in the game as well. So Harper looks like he's uh, ready to return to the Phillies. Coca-Cola Park there in uh, Allentown, PA, man. Great great spot to watch a game if you're ever uh, on the East Coast. So uh, we got a whole lot going on. We're going to talk some football bottom of the hour, but uh, the uh, the big news of the basketball world is funny. Basketball has been pretty hush here for, I don't know, about a month or so. Not, yeah. a, not a whole lot going on. And this you know, Kevin Durant's situation's kind of just been lurking, right? We, we got the news a couple weeks ago that he went into um, owner Joe Sy's office and said, uh, it's me or <laughs> it's Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Well, today a statement was released from Sean Marks, the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, and we have it up on the screen. Steve Nash and I, together with Joe Sy and uh, Clara Wusai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward 
With our partnership, we are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. I mean, I got to imagine Joe Sy, who is a multi-billionaire, just basically said, hey, man, you're under contract for four years. We Mm -hmm. have, have, there's no one, there's no offer that's good enough to, to, to move you. And you're staying, so figure it out. I'm sure in maybe nicer terms than that, yeah. but essentially that's what it was. And, and the fascinating Mark, the thing about it too is, you know, I, you know, it's funny because Sean and I, before even the news came out, talked about the Nets, you know, whatever, after the season ended, just, hey, would you play the Nets? Mm-hmm. I said, no, I, I just, I can't trust the Brooklyn Nets. All right, this is, seems to be cleared up, Scott, and the odds have now, Drop back down to you know what they were. You know they're seven to one. They were sixteen to one to win the championship yesterday uh, at DraftKings, as high as forty to one. Once upon a time, when it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be traded. So now at seven to one, I think what the most the, the masses will say is, no, nah, it, it's too short of a price. When you look at this Brooklyn Nets team, is this, is it done? Is this is this okay? Smooth sailing ahead. We'll get Kyrie on the floor. We got Ben Simmons. We got Seth Curry. You know, we went out and we signed uh, We signed T.J. Warren. We traded for Royce O'Neal. Maybe Joe Harris can, you know, play a little bit and gets his jumper back. We still have Patty Mills. They got a lot of pieces, but they've had a lot of pieces here for a couple years. I still think there's way too many question marks. We don't. We haven't seen Ben Simmons get on the floor. So I don't know how you can just rely on that to happen, right? He had a back procedure. I don't, I don't know how you can rely on seeing Ben Simmons on the floor. And I just think that there's things about this relationship that don't sit well with people. And yeah, it's fine to say the right things in the media and to move on, but Kevin Durant did not want Steve Nash or Sean Marks in power. And maybe that was his way of trying to force a trade, but he realized that there is no trade market out there for him. So he had to come crawling back with his tail between his legs. But there's still going to be dysfunction. I just don't agree with this team being as high in the market. Or I don't, I don't agree. I'm not as high on this team as the market is with this jump to automatically make them, Tim, the fourth favorite to win the NBA Finals. Now I get it. Last year, they were a massive favorite. The year before that, a massive favorite. And what's really changed about this team? Well, a lot has changed about this team. And I just think there's way too many question marks to be comfortable betting this team. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Look, if you take a flyer, I think Julian Edlow was on our network. Um, and he, he tweeted it uh, out earlier today. I don't know what the number was during Summer League, you know, mm-hmm. in that 25 to 40 to 1. Yeah, if you took a flyer then, good on you. You know, that, that's... Yeah. Might as well take a flyer because you could have maybe seen how this would all play itself out. But yeah, it's seven to one. Is this team ultra talented? Yeah. But have we seen it yet? No. And look, they tried to re-sign Kyrie Irving and they wanted to put a stipulation in there. Hey, you got to play this many games. He said no. (laughs) So I still don't know if Kyrie Irving, you know, is going to be happy enough. There's only one year left. He Mm -hmm. wants a long-term deal. The Lakers are so desperate, uh, but I think at this point it seems more more than likely that they're going to just run it back with Kyrie and see what happens. So uh, we'll see. Quick uh, quick aside. Well done, sir. A year fee on home. Hey, don't leave me hanging. Oh, yeah. plus oh, plus one fifteen. Yeah. Freddie huh? Freeman RBI single. And That's it how it happens. One, one to nothing. You see, out you in see, LA. You see, this is why 
The no runs is the sucker bet. You're laying juice on something that happens more than any time in Major League Baseball. More runs are scored in the first inning than any inning across Major League Baseball every single season. Look it up. But yet people will tell you, I got Corbin Burns. I got Tony Gonsolin. It's a nerfy, bro. Thank you. Is that what they say? Thank you for the plus money. It's a nerfy, bro? Thank you for the plus money. <laughs> Good call. Freddie Freeman brings it on home. Corbin Burns give up a run. one nothing after one out in L.A. Uh, indeed, Justin Verlander has been replaced. And uh, All right, show me that combined no-no. And there has been a hit already, so. Never mind. (laughs) Well done, Justin Verlander. Six scoreless, no hits, no runs, 10 strikeouts, 91 pitches. Uh, He is out, and the Astros still lead 2 to nothing. that one in the top of the seventh. That's Scott Seidenberg. I'm Tim Murray. We are going to talk with Robert Mays from The Athletic, breaking down the NFL next right here on the Nightcap. podcast to start listening for free today this is the nightcap on vsin the sports betting network baseball predictions made brighter join the born in a ballpark challenge presented by blue moon Compete free for cash all season and a weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Scott Seidenberg sitting in for Sean King. Scott is enamored by what is happening right now in the Bronx? Four to two, Yankees leading, but the, Yan- the Mets have loaded the bases with two outs, and Wandy Peralta has just uh, entered the game. So we will see uh, what happens here. While Scott keeps an eye on on the Mets and the Yankees, we bring in our next guest, Robert Mays, <laughs> host of the Athletic Football Show, great podcast. He and uh, Nate Tice are part of that. Nate Tice, uh, friend of the program, lives here in Las Vegas. Also, read all his work on the Athletic. Uh, Robert, I'll start with just uh, the the biggest news, I guess, of the day that J.C. Jackson, the Chargers, uh, I don't know if it was their biggest acquisition because they obviously trade for Khalil Mack in the offseason, but certainly a big one uh, that that was uh, a significant upgrade in that secondary out two to four weeks uh, with a procedure on his ankle. And you know we'll see how that is coming back because it's boom right out of the gates of the Chargers. Raiders week one and then a short week. Chiefs uh, in week two on Thursday night. So, you know, how big is this for the Chargers knowing, Robert, that they start with two divisional foes out of the gates? It's just a rough start. And when you think about this team's injury history over the last five or so years, this is just the last thing that you want. I will say, I do think the corner may be the deepest position for them on the entire team in terms of where they could sustain a loss. Michael Davis, who started for them last year, wasn't even one of their starting corners when Tampa opened because Asante Samuel and J.C. Jackson were on the outside. So now I assume while J.C. Jackson is out, it'll be Asante and Michael Davis with Bryce Callahan in the slot. Bryce Callahan's biggest concern over the last couple of years has really been health. He's missed six games in each of the last two seasons. So if he can stay healthy while J.C. Jackson is out and they can kind of ride the wave with that injury, I think they'll be okay. But 
it's the last thing you want when you're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. That's for sure. How high are you on this team? You know, the, everyone talks about them as being a Super Bowl contender. Justin Herbert as a legitimate MVP candidate. How? What's the ceiling for this team? And are, are they a potential to go over their win total? Yeah, I think they can absolutely compete to win a Super Bowl. And you look at it, they finished fourth in Football Outsiders DVOA on offense last season. And that was with kind of the black hole they had on the right side of their offensive line. And they drafted Zion Johnson in the first round. And it looks like Trey Pipkins is going to win that job at right tackle. I think that's what they wanted to have happen. So better pass protection there and a quarterback who I just think is really good. I mean, I just think that he is right there with anybody else in the league. And talking to people there when I was visiting early in training camp, just going into year two of the offense and just knowing it so much better and the fluency and how the system that he has with their center, Corey Wensley, and how he kind of has veto power now and a lot of stuff that he might not have last year. The one thing that I, I guess concerns me about them is just the lack of juice on the outside of receiver. They did not add any speed in the offseason, but they have a lot of size, and I think that they feel like they can kind of body people up. And Mike Williams is an explosive player, even if he doesn't run a 4-4. They think the combination of him, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, they just have so much size and length that they're going to be okay. And on defense, I just think they have the players now to do what Brandon Staley wants to do. You know, just even a few pieces that maybe aren't huge names on the interior kind of allows them to operate in a way that they couldn't last year. And they were dead last in the NFL in rush in rush in rushing success rate on defense. And I just don't think that's going to happen again. So you put all those pieces together, and I think that they have a real chance to compete with pretty much anybody in the AFC. We're talking to Robert Mays from The Athletic, at Robert Mays on Twitter. And I saw, I think it was uh, on your podcast, uh, Nate and yourself were, were pointing out or ranking the top offenses in the league. And I, I think both of you had the Bucks. I want to say, fourth uh, in the league. When you look at the offensive line there and knowing that Tom Brady is entering, what, year, age 45 season, season 22 or whatever it is, I mean, he's obviously not a human uh, because of the ability that he has, but... How much concern do you have with the offensive line? Uh, Ali Marpet retires. Kappa goes to Cincinnati. Uh, Jensen is is likely done with this knee injury. I know Twiston Wirfs has been you know sidelined with an oblique. Uh, you've got a, a rookie there in uh, Gadecki uh, starting at guard. It seems like uh, you know a, a, a unfamiliarity at the uh, at the center position. So is that a big concern for you heading into this season for the Buccaneers? The O-line in front of Tom Brady? Yeah, I think that you have to be concerned about the moving pieces. You know, losing a guy like Ryan Center in the middle, or Ryan Jensen in the middle of your offensive line, it, that hurts on so many different levels. And I do think that we should be a little bit worried about that. But the other four spots, I'm just not as concerned. You know, Shaq Mason steps in for Alex Kappa at right guard. You could argue they made an upgrade there, losing Alex Kappa and getting Shaq Mason in that spot. And the left guard spot was always going to be a question. You know, Aaron Stinney, who was going to be there before getting hurt, it's not like he's a high-level player. I know Luka Decky is a rookie, and there's some uncertainty there, but I think that the group is going to be fine as long as Tristan Wirfs is fine. And if that's something that's going to bug him and he's playing at 70% as we get into the season, then I start getting a little bit worried. But as things currently stand, I think they have more than enough within that group when you combine it with Tom Brady, who played at an absurdly high level last season. Like, it's not just that Tom Brady's been pretty good. Tom Brady could have been the MVP of the league last year, easily, with the way that he played. And they still have a ton of pass-catching options. So I think four was honestly 
with that concern about the offensive line built in. Because if that offensive line was no questions asked, I feel like they'd be even higher on that list. Any concern with the Bucks heading into week one uh, with everything that's gone on this offseason? Tom Brady uh, missing here for an extended period of time as he deals with some personal issues. You mentioned all the injuries and really no starters at all playing in this preseason. Not really. I mean, they play Dallas in week one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm not super concerned about that. I, I'm worried about Dallas's defense, to be perfectly honest with you. I just think that they're, they have the potential to take a real step back this year. When you look at some of the underlying numbers about why they were number one in, in football outsiders DVOA last season, I mean, they had more expected points added from turnovers than any other team in the league last year. And I believe the gap between them and number two is as big as the gap between the Cardinals at two and the team that's in 12th. I mean, it's just a chasm. And they didn't really add anybody in terms of personnel. They lost Randy Gregory. So I, I feel like we could be in kind of in for kind of a rude awakening with that matchup in week one, even with some of the concerns that we have about the Bucks right now. All right, Robert, let's uh, let's let's do a little uh, exercise here. Team that you are higher on than most people, maybe not talking about them that, you know, based off of your research and your breakdowns that, that you think is going to su- some surprise some folks, maybe sneak into the playoffs. I think the Vikings have a better ch- have a chance to be better on offense than some people do. You know, they're when we were talking about them coming into the year or just this offseason, I think there was an air of around them of, well, they should just blow it up. You know, it's just time to start over. And I understood that completely. But if you take a step back and you look at the personnel that the Vikings have on offense, their offensive line has some young ascending players on it, especially if Christian Darisaw, their left tackle, can take a step forward this year. Their receiving core Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and K.J. Osborne, who was pretty good last year, I think is a really nice group and is a different flavor than they've had in years past. We obviously know about Dalvin Cook. They have depth at running back. And Kirk Cousins has piloted some pretty efficient offenses over the last few years. And that's just before you think about what sort of upgrades they're going to get from a coaching and scheme perspective. And I think those are real. You know, when you kind of filter this group of players through the principles and ideas that dominated with the Ram, who the Rams were over the last few years, I think there are subtle ways that the Rams put themselves in really advantageous position that Kevin O'Connell is going to be able to do with this offense, and especially with Justin Jefferson. So if we got to the end of the year and the Vikings had the fifth most efficient offense in the league, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. And how good on defense do you have to be to make that combination a playoff contender, average. And I think they have enough guys on that side of the ball to be about average. So if the Vikings were a team that was winning double-digit games and pushing to be a wild card, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. All right, give us uh, one team that maybe you're fading a little bit. we got about 30 seconds. Oh, man. It's a great question. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to like back my brain like very quickly here. Um, I, I'd say Dallas. I, I'd say Dallas is the team that I think could take a step back uh, and just, you know, kind of be that nine-win team. And like, is it time to move on from Mike McCarthy? I wouldn't be surprised if they were just a little bit underwhelming this year. We talked about the defense, and then you know, Jalen Colbert is going to have to play a big role in this team. Mm-hmm. They're one offensive line injury away from that thing kind of turned into a Jenga tower. So that, that's the team that I just I want to be excited about because I like back, but it's just hard for me to get there. 
He is Robert Mays. Follow him on Twitter at Robert Mays, host of The Athletic Football Show. Also check out all his written work on The Athletic as well. Hey, Robert, appreciate the insight as always. Always, guys. Anytime. There he is. Robert Mays, uh, appreciate it. High on the Vikings. So am I. Low on the Cowboys. So am I. It is the nightcap here on VC. This is the nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare College football betting guide is out right now, folks, and the NFL guide drops on Thursday. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks, Or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Alongside Scott Seidenberg, sitting in for Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. The Baltimore Orioles machine win again. You were on uh, the the run line last night. Talked about, I think, what was it? Dot minus a dollar forty last night for mm-hmm. the Orioles uh, on the run line with Dylan Cease pitching. Well, they went outright tonight. Austin yep. Voth has been really good since becoming a member of the Orioles, much to uh, the chagrin of of me, a Nationals fan. But he's been solid there in Baltimore, and the Orioles keeping the heat on. Man, they are uh, as of right now. Uh, barring outcomes, Toronto is up nine to two, so they should win that one. And, and the Mariners uh, and Nationals are just underway. But uh, as of right now, uh, they are two games back of the final wild card spot, which is currently occupied by the Blue Jays and the Mariners. They are tied uh, for second and third there. So we'll see. I mean, this this team is just what a story they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been a money making machine. Uh, they are the top team. In uh, in run line uh, covering uh, this year, and they just uh, they just keep getting it done. Uh, a nice little uh, 
was that a two-game series against the White Sox that they get the little mini sweep over there? Yeah, they get the uh, they get the win tonight. So, uh, oh no, they have uh, it just started. It just Game started. Excuse series, me. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, two more games against the uh, against the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Giolito starts tomorrow night uh, for uh, for the White Sox. But man, what a uh, what a run it has been, and we'll see if it can continue here. Some opportunities, a whole bunch of games against Toronto, not too in the distant future. In totality. The Orioles play 10 games against the Toronto Blue Jays. So I don't know if they'll do it, but they'll certainly have the opportunity uh, to do it. Now, unfortunately for the Orioles, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They have seven games left with the Houston Astros. Yeah. Uh, They have three games on the road at New York against the Yankees uh, last weekend of September. So it's, it's not... Super uh, easy. Cleveland's on there. Couple games against Oakland, mm-hmm. but I, I certainly hope they can they can pull it off. What a story it would be if the Orioles, who you know burned it down to the ground, what yeah. they have the lowest payroll in all of baseball, and here they are, six games above five. They were the first team a couple of days ago to surpass their win total on the season. Their win total was sixty-two and a half. And it's funny uh, before the season, and uh, we're gonna try and do some investigating and try and find the tape of this from uh, from prior to the baseball season. But on this network, I said, wouldn't it be fun to bet the Orioles in every game of the season this year? And my thought process was not because I thought they were going to be a wild card team or make the playoffs. My thought process was I liked over 62 and a half. Sure. And I figured at the worst case scenario, if they go 62 and 100, right? based on their average run line against, because they would be plus 200 on average if you looked at what happened in last year and what the odds would be this year, that you'd make a profit, right? You'd, you'd theoretically, let's say you bet $100 a game, you lose 100 games, right? Do the math, that's yep. 10,000, yep. right? But if you win 62 at plus 200 on average, you're up 12.5, right? Sure. So I don't know. I'm just saying yes to these. 2,500 math. So this was a conversation for fun. This wasn't something I was serious about. But for fun, I said, wouldn't it be an idea to pick a team that everyone thinks is going to be bad and just bet on them every game of the season? And in the event that they start winning, well, then you're going to be profitable. And guess what? The Baltimore Orioles are the most profitable team in Major League Baseball to bet on this season. They are 80 and 42 against the run line. Yeah. After tonight's victory. Yeah. Uh, even be- even better as a run line home underdog. It's like 33 and 9, something absurd like that. It really is impressive, which is why I took them on the plus one and a half run line here tonight against Dylan Cease. And what may help them in their wild card pursuit is that the Tampa Bay Rays have the third most difficult remaining schedule in baseball. So not only they're chasing the Blue Jays, obviously, they're chasing the Mariners, but they're chasing the Rays. And the Rays of those teams in the race have the most difficult remaining schedule. The Rays have to face Houston six times. They have to face the Yankees six times. They have to face the Blue Jays nine times. They have to face the Guardians three times. So if Tampa falls down... Baltimore could creep into that wild card picture. So it would be a tremendous story. I've been asking people all season, not all season, maybe for the past couple of months, I've been asking people, you pick one, you pick both, or you pick none. 
who makes the postseason between the Orioles and the Mariners. Mm. Because those would be the two big stories, right? Mm-hmm. The, Marin- the Orioles with the payroll and with everyone expecting them to win 62 games this year, and with the Mariners breaking the longest streak in the four major sports of a postseason drought. So I ask you, Tim, right now, both, none, or one, and which one? Uh, I'll say one. Okay. And I'll say, what's the Mariners' strength of schedule down the stretch? I know you got to pull it up there. Seattle is the second easiest schedule remaining in baseball. Yeah, I'll say Seattle gets in. Yeah, that I want sense. it to be Baltimore. Uh, by the way, I want uh, it to be both. I, I would love it to be both. Uh, no offense to Tampa or Toronto, uh, but I, I, I agree I'm with you. I, I would want it to be both. I do want my guy Adley Rutschman to, to keep it on going because I got a 20 to 1 ticket on him to win AL <laughs> Rookie of the Year. Uh, so that would be uh, that would be nice if we could pull that home. Uh, I, you know, it is fun when you kind of you know, look at the different uh, ATS numbers, and you know, we mentioned how strong or- the Orioles are on the run line this year. Now, eighty and forty-two uh, on the run line as a home underdog, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. they are thirty-three and nine yeah. against the, on the run line. <laughs> thirty-three and nine. Mm-hmm. It's insane. They win again tonight. Just keep lining this team up as a dog. I mean, I get it. I, I, they're the Baltimore Orioles, but at some at, at, at some point, the books are going to have to say, you know what? This team deserves to be a favorite here. Plus one twenty, <laughs> plus one twenty tonight on the money line, and they get it done uh, against the Bald- uh, Excuse me, against the Chicago White Sox, five to three, the final score there. By the way, Trace Thompson. Uh, just went yard, three-run shot for the Dodgers. So Hey, his uh, mama called him Clay? Yeah. Him Clay. The old Dodgers, uh, they can't keep him down for too long. And uh, Corbin Burns is getting tagged a little bit here early on. So if you did bet the under tonight, you're going to need uh, Tony Gonsolin to deal. Already, by the way, if you're wondering, the first five under is over. See ya. So bye-bye uh, on that one. The Nerfy didn't come home. Mm-mm. Should have listened to this guy. He was yep. all about the Yerfy And... Uh, First five under, maybe sometimes, you know, sometimes these pitching matchups, it's too good to be true. Yeah. Two guys, sub three ERAs, but with this offense, you just never know. And uh, already in the second inning, uh, the Dodgers leading four to nothing. Another team that's pretty good on the run line. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, How about this little nugget as the Yankees finish off a two game sweep of the Mets? So not a three game series. But a two-game series, even if it was a three-game series, they still would have won the series by winning the first two games. The reason I bring that up is it's the first time the Yankees have won a series against a team with a winning record at home since June 14th through the 16th against the Tampa Rays. Yeah, they seem to be getting right at the right time. Um, <laughs> if you call this getting right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll hit on a little more baseball as the show goes on. We're talking Chiefs top of the hour. Uh, real quickly, before we wrap this hour up, uh, a couple little nuggets from, uh, from DraftKings. And uh, we do have another episode of uh, Lions Propaganda on HBO tonight. So we'll see uh, how much hype comes out of uh, this evening's episode of Hard Knocks. Uh, yes. Uh, but Dan Campbell, how about this? 23% of the handle. And 13% of the bets at DraftKings are on him to win coach of the year. Nice story, unrealistic. I, I don't see it happening. You look at that roster, I think it will be better. I know our friend Eric Eager is all about hashtag restore the roar. Maybe they get over their win total, but they, to me, Scott, they got to be a playoff team. 
Uh, I know they were 314-1, maybe on the fringe of the playoffs in the discussion to get Dan Campbell to coach of the year. But, yeah, I think someone like Kevin O'Connell in yes. Minnesota is much more likely if they win the NFC North, mm-hmm. which is a very likely possibility at plus 260 at DraftKings, that would be more of the route that I would go as opposed to Dan Campbell. We all like Dan Campbell. Like a good guy. Run through a wall for him. Likes motivational speeches quite a bit. Well, a team that might be a little undervalued, dare I say, the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about them next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 